Before we go any further, please click the subscribe, follow, or favorite button. It depends on which format you are listening to this podcast, but this is how you get notifications for the latest episode. Special thank you to Waltrice Garth Horton for becoming a sponsor of the Said G Podcast Show. I want to thank you for lending your voice to helping make a better community. Your interest in philanthropy work will go a long way in the community and is not going unnoticed by people across this nation. Thank you. It's the Said G Podcast Show. I'm excited, I'm excited to be here with my family, family, which is you, which is your audience. It's the Said G Podcast Show. Welcome to the Said G Podcast Show. Always got to start the show off by showing much gratitude to the audience. You know, I really appreciate you guys for checking out this show. You guys are great, and I love performing for you guys. But just to let everyone know, this is actually another re-recording because the last episode I did, um, Civil Rights and Black Power Movement versus the United States of America, when I listened to the playback, I had a lot of wind in the background and it gets me sounding kind of staticky. Uh, I was actually sitting in front of a fan recording that podcast and I said it just didn't sound right. So I had to come back and do it again. So um, back again, the civil rights and black power movement versus the United States of America. This is part one, and part one, I will be focusing on the civil rights movement. And then part two, I will be focusing on the black power movement. And just in case you guys didn't know, those are two separate things. The civil rights movement and the black power movement, those are two separate things. So in part one, I'm going to talk about civil rights. Uh, It's the Said G Podcast Show. Tell a friend. Donate to my media studio building fund as I am coordinating an effort to build a low power FM radio station. This project is nonprofit and will be a great way to give back to the community. Funds will go towards things like equipment and a building to house the equipment. It will take hard work, but along with your help, we can see this dream come true. I have rewards such as pins and flashlight keychains for only a $5 contribution. Add $1 if you are ordering from out of town. T-shirts and stickers for only a $50 donation. 
and wine glasses for a $10 donation. I have rewards that can offer you a chance to co-host or sponsor episodes of the Said G Podcast Show. To make contributions, just go to my support link or go to my GoFundMe at Cedric Garth, located in the description of this program. For more information about this project, please email djfacesradio at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Said G Podcast Show. You all can catch me on Twitter at Mr. 911. That's M I S T A 911. You can catch me on Facebook where I will be posting my opinions about the stock market at Said G Pod. And you can catch me on Instagram at Said G Podcast where I'll be posting pictures and a bunch of cool stuff over there and then you got you can check me out on youtube at said g podcast and check out some of the latest trailers over there subscribe to my youtube page um civil rights let's talk about civil rights tonight you know it's interesting because when you speak about social consciousness civil rights come up in the conversation and we had so many historical figures that goes along with the African-American, the so-called African-American history. And, you know, a lot of times we like to focus on our history. You know, we so separated from Africa. Uh, You all can go back and check out that episode I did. Uh, It's very interesting. Um, With civil rights, um, people still fighting over civil rights today. You know, there's a lot of civil unrest going on right now. A lot of few black men has just flat out just been murdered you know um it's a catastrophe it's a catastrophe you know but when you look at the civil rights like i said as many people that did what they had to do uh they ride for the people they did um a bunch of stuff to try to free the African-Americans in this country historically. So you got people like Harriet Tubman, you got people like Frederick Douglass, Booker T. Washington, W.E. Du Bois, Marcus Garvey, uh, Mega Evers, Paul Robeson, uh, Muhammad Ali. There's so many names that you can mention. And then all these people sacrifice, made big sacrifices to fight for the freedom of the african-americans in this in this country so and there's a bunch of interesting events that went along with this civil rights movement uh yeah things like the jim crow laws war war ii there's a lot of things that surrounds that war that war war ii because i've been looking at reading a lot of articles and looking at a lot of documentaries and some some always pop up when you talk about that particular war you know, and, and that's when the civil rights movement really just started kicking up after that. Well, after that war, uh, this is during the baby booming era, and America was actually doing great at that time, and even though the blacks were left out of that that economic boom. But America itself was actually booming, so the civil rights movement really started kicking up after that war. Cointel, 
pros started kicking up after that war, that war. And you had the Cold War kicking up with Russia. That actually started after World War II. And you all know, uh, you should know about that war. That was with Hitler. You know, you had things like uh, Rosa Parks and the bus boycott, Little Rock Nine, Civil Rights Act of 1957, uh, Woolworth lunch counter, Freedom Riders. We always hear about the Freedom Riders. I'm gonna talk about them a little bit uh, later on. Then you had the March on Washington, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Bloody Sunday. That's the incident that happened down in Selma. Then you had the Voting Rights Act of 1965, and you had assassinations and stuff like that, you know. But the Civil Rights Movement was a struggle for social justice that took place mainly during the 1950s and 1960s for black Americans to gain equal rights under the law in the United States of America. And, you know, I always invite people to go back and research information themselves. And I like to actually give out the website so you can go back and read this stuff yourself. If you can't read, have somebody else read it for you. Um, but this information is coming from history.com. History.com. So the Civil War had officially abolished slavery, but it didn't end discrimination against black people. They continued to endure devastating effects of racism especially in the South. By the mid 20th century, black Americans had had more than enough prejudice and violence against them. They, along with many white Americans, mobilized and began an unprecedented fight for equality that spanned two decades. Two, two decades is a long time. Two decades is a long time to actually get some laws changed. Uh, these people out there fighting for these civil rights and you know, it's most prominent during the 1950s and the 1960s You know, that's a long time um, But when I come right back, we're gonna talk more about some of these events that happened during this time This is the CG podcast show. I'll be right back Said G Podcast Show. And this episode is executive produced by Watrice Garth Horton. A segment I will be adding to the Said G Podcast Show. You all heard my guy Chuck on other episodes I did on the show. He posts a lot of interesting comments on Facebook and uh, shouts out to Chuck. I just saw Chuck over the weekend. I I want to start implementing his comments on the show. You know, they're very interesting. And you want to follow some of his comments, you can find him on Facebook at Chuck Young. And this one says, No, we don't always get what we want, but consider this. There are people who will never have what you have right now. And that's coming from my guy, Chuck Young. Welcome back to the said G podcast show civil rights and black power movement versus the United States of America part one and some of you know about the civil war 
that happened between the North and the South. And supposedly, well, they were fighting over the slaves, you know, free labor versus people getting paid labor because the North generally didn't practice slavery or free labor. So that's what it was about. The South was just making way more money than the North. And when Lincoln came with the proclamation, that only freed some of those people that actually was in the South. The people that were going against the Union and fighting against that war, that's what he initially put out the proclamation. But the actual official time that all blacks were supposedly free from slavery was happened during a time people call Juneteenth. And the only problem with that, hey, you free now, you um you're not a slave now. When we left that, the blacks didn't leave with anything. After all that free labor. Free labor and that's happened for a few hundred years. They didn't have they didn't get that forty acres in a mule, so many of those blacks had to turn around and go back and share crop. So, and Lincoln knew that black people would have a hard time in this, in this country if he freed these people. He knew they didn't have no type of education. He knew that they didn't have another country or something bagging them up. They knew they didn't, he knew they didn't have any money. He knew all this stuff. So, but I talked about that on my Africa episode. You can go back and check that out. You know, during Reconstruction, black people took on leadership roles like never before. They held public office and sought legislative changes for equality and the right to vote. So that was during Reconstruction. And in 1868, the 14th Amendment to the Constitution gave black people equal protection under the law. Huh. When that happened? In 1870, the 15th Amendment granted black Americans the right to vote. Still, many white Americans, especially those in the South, were unhappy that people they'd once enslaved were now on a more or less equal playing field. You know, the South had those like hardcore type racist people down there, and they really implemented the Jim Crow laws down there. So up up north, they didn't really practice the Jim Crow laws. They had a different type of way with their racism, you know, because um, a lot of blacks migrated from the south to the north. So you had to beg for these jobs. They couldn't, you couldn't get proper housing. You couldn't get the loans and stuff to get proper housing. You know, they didn't, um, they wasn't hanging people like that uh, up north, even though they was. So it was some of that, but not like in the south. So. To marginalize black people, keep them separate from white people and erase progress they made during Reconstruction. Jim Crow laws were established in the South beginning in the late 19th century. So that was a a law where black people couldn't use the same things white people were using. And my, my position on that, people don't want you using their stuff, don't use it. You know, so and these people told you we don't want anything to do with y'all. So. You know, but that's where the Jim Crow laws come in at. Um, So when you talk about things like the bathroom or black people had to come in through the back door or you had to have separate water fountains and all that stuff. These are the images we saw when we were in school. That was not the greatest images, you know. 
when we were in school, they were showing all these terrible images of black people, and that that stuff is it's kind of disturbing, you know. They didn't show no positive stuff when it comes to black people. They just showing these pictures of just the black people water fountain or just the white person water fountain. So that's what that Jim Crow stuff was all about. So um, it was a tough time because a lot of artists and uh, I was looking at the Ray movie, movie and it, it's stuff like that in some of these old school movies and stuff. So a lot of artists went through that when they went through the south you know they do concerts down there you got half the audience over here which is all white then you got uh, the blacks they up in the audience and stuff like that you know um but when you talk about civil rights to me the steam got going when emmett till got killed that was a major event then you had the bus boycott but it was another bus boycott that happened before the rosa parks thing rosa parks bus boycott uh, just got all the national attention and Martin Luther King um, came and got became a part of that so uh, but it was one that happened down before that in Baton Rouge, Louisiana in actuality that bus that um that she refused to give up her seat on that's actually at the museum at, in Memphis, Tennessee, the Civil Rights the National Civil Rights Museum, that bus is actually over there so I've looked at the bus myself so um another uh another thing i want to mention is something that was on uh, historical was on uh, the tuskegee airmen that was another historical thing when it comes to african-american and they broke the racial barrier to become the first black military aviators in the u.s army in the u.s army so uh they still went through a lot of prejudice even though they still they fighting for the country they're still going through a lot of presidents. And that's when, you know, you got that, like, Drew Brees made his comments. He's talking about he would never disrespect the flag and all this stuff. Talking about his grandfather um, served and all this stuff. But, you know, what? there's plenty of black people that serve, too. And your grandfather didn't walk in the, the shoes like a black man. So your grandfather didn't experience that discrimination when he came back from fighting for this country so you go away and fight for this country you're still getting treated like garbage when you come back here so you know that was another major event that um i just had to mention that um even though um during the cold the cold war started to begin too um with russia and um there's a lot of news out there how they tried to use uh, Martin Luther King. People in Russia had tried to use Martin Luther King and his movement to um, further their agenda in this country. You know, I I really got to look at that Cold War thing. I think uh, I may have to do an episode on that uh, one day because we got to see where all that come from. You know, what is it all about? They still got this stuff going on right now. Uh, well, probably not though, because Trump actually buddies with these people, so. Um, Trump is actually buddy but the Russians and they really tried to use Martin Luther King's agenda to further their cause which which most people call the communist cause or you know communism and all that so uh, I still don't know what that's all about I'm going to have to take a real good look at that so that's an important factor that I want to get out there too so um, it's the CG podcast show talking about civil rights right here on this this episode part two black power movement 
that would be interesting too that's when i'm talking about the black panthers and all that type stuff so uh it's a bunch of movements that was within that uh that era uh the most notable is the black panthers so but uh uh the bus boycott uh, oh yeah, I, I can't forget about the, uh, the Brown versus the Board of Education. That's in a lot of conversations when you talk about that. So uh, the bus boycott that happened with Rosa Parks that happened on December the first, nineteen fifty-five. So the Little Rock Nine uh, that happened. This happened in actually nineteen fifty-four. So this was a tad bit before the bus boycott. So in 1954, the civil rights movement gained momentum when the United States Supreme Court made segregation illegal in the public schools in the case of Brown versus Board of Education. So you had these, these um, I think it was nine black kids that was trying to go to this uh, segregated school in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, the name of the school was Central High and the government, the governor of that state, the governor of Arkansas, Fall Bus, actually ordered the Arkansas National Guard down there to stop these kids from going in this school. So the president, Eisenhower, had to intervene and he ordered federal troops down there to escort these kids in, inside the school. But even though they still got inside that school, they still um dealt with prejudice and racism because them people did not want these these kids in that school so you swing it around to 1957 uh that's the civil rights act even though all americans had gained right to vote the southern states made it difficult for black citizens they often required prospective voters of color to take literally lit literacy tests that were confusing misleading and nearly impossible to pass See, that was one of those tricks they pulled. They say, yeah, they say, yeah, you can vote, but we're going to make it difficult because they knew uh, many of those people down there wasn't educated. So they made up these confusing tests so they can fail, so they can't get their votes. It reminds you, <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's the stuff gets so deep. When you got the governor sending the um, armed troops down there to stop kids from going to school, that's amazing right there, so... But it's the G Podcast show. We're going to come right back. It gets even deep. We're going to talk about the Freedom Riders. We're going to talk about some of these civil rights organizations and some of these civil rights leaders. Uh, we'll be right back. Tell a friend. Salute to Memphis, Tennessee, and Orange, New Jersey. I want to thank you guys for listening to this show. You guys rock. Appreciate you. One love, family. Here's another segment I will be adding to the show. Uh, it's coming from my guy Dex as he give out daily stock tips. And you heard Dex on other episodes I did on the show. I just did one with him called Soul Ties. And I did roundtables with him and Chuck on the same episodes. And this is today's Dex stock tips. 
there are pre-share earnings costs that many investors overlook that are proven to be costly. For instance, conversion rights and stock purchase warrants. And that's coming from my guy Dex. And you can get his latest stock tips on Twitter at the real Dex. That's D-A-R-E-A-L-D-E-C-K-S. What up, Joe? Internet world. Yo, this your boy Abyss. I want to shout out the Said G Podcast Show. What up, Joe? Welcome back to the Said G Podcast Show. Civil rights and black power movement versus the United States of America. Y'all should check out my artwork. That was kind of cool how I did that. Uh, but like I said in that last segment, I wanted to mention some of the organizations that was out there uh, on the front lines with the civil rights movement. So you got a groups like CORE, Congress of Racial Equality. That's um, That was another group that was out there um, on the front lines. You had... Um, and I want to remind everyone, the Ku Klux Klan was in full effect down in the South uh, during those times. So uh, they really, um, they were all the police chiefs and police officers. These are Klan members, you know. So other, other organizations out there with the Nation of Islam and Elijah Muhammad, which was part of Malcolm X's um, movement. But in general, they wasn't considered civil rights leaders. That wasn't a fight. Uh, civil rights wasn't actually a fight. They had a whole nother agenda. They was more about black empowerment. Um, you had the NAACP. Uh, they still in effect right now. Uh, Southern Christian Leadership Conference. That was Martin Luther King's thing. Then you had SNCC, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Uh, they were on some of those they, that's one of those groups that was out there and it, but in general uh, King is looked at as the face of civil rights, the face of um, liberty uh, most liberals have Martin Luther King on the top of their list when it comes to liberal movements uh, and liberty but here goes some of the leaders that was actually on the front lines out there. It, uh, yeah, they, 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 most people call these people the big six or My, Malcolm X coined them the big six. Um, uh, Whitney Young, A. Philip Randolph, Martin Luther King Jr., James Farmer, and Roy Wilkins. James Farmer was another prominent figure out there. You can't forget, um, I forget his name, I can't name I can't think of his name right now, but I'll think of it in a minute. Um, he was another person that helped coach Martin Luther King to what he was doing. Uh, Rustin Banyard, that's his name. So uh, I don't think he actually spoke at this speech uh, in 63. Uh, he was generally thought of Banyard Rustin, that's his name. Excuse me for that. But he was known to be a gay guy, and that was really highly unacceptable during that time. So they really didn't want to put him up there to speak. But 
it was a lot of people that was critical about that that march that happened in 63 and x was definitely <laughs> critical about that um that march and it's really what's going on today because because there's so many people that try to join in on the black movement to further their causes so once you get these these people um like if something happened with black people then you get a bunch of other organizations joining in on it so it really waters down the whole cause you know you get a bunch of liberal people joining in on this and all of a sudden you fighting for a whole bunch of different stuff so it really waters down your actual cause so that's why x was so critical about that you know and that's that speech right there that's the speech that actually they played that in schools. It's a famous speech, you know, so you got to give him credit for that. But yet and still, he still recanted. And then when you look at the uh, Nation of Islam, the, the nation, they don't care for Malcolm X like that cause they, because they feel like X is taking credit for the teachings of Elijah Muhammad. So uh, many people, you know, people galvanize around Malcolm. But it was actually... Muhammad's teachings he was putting out there so majority majority of his career he was going off Elijah Muhammad's teachings only problem with those two is Malcolm X wanted to be on the front lines whereas Elijah Muhammad he didn't want to do that he wanted to stay religious and divine and um, just all about the nation but where uh, Malcolm X he wanted to be on the front lines and really show these people how to do it so he felt like X, I mean, Muhammad was not holding up his end to the bargain because you you teaching this stuff and I'm out there on the front lines with it. But then when it's time to be on the front lines, you you step back. And by that time, you know, Muhammad, he started making a lot of money with this stuff. Man, the man was a millionaire. So he had a lot of power. And he basically had Malcolm X by the balls. And he showed Malcolm X, you a little boy compared to me. And that's what he did. So, you know, that's why I don't join these cult followings and groups and stuff. When I got to look at somebody like they're divine and all that stuff, I pass on something like that. You know, I'm not going to look at you as if you're a God, you know. So, but that was the thing with, with, with the uh, Nation of Islam. But they were big. They were effective. Elijah Muhammad had a great plan. And the feds did fear people like the nation of islam because they had such a militant type of attitude so um they were on the radar with the um the feds but in general they not considered people that were fighting for civil rights matter of fact they they was totally against that so they were all about black empowerment own your own business own this and that and we can do this on our own so that that's basically what their philosophy was but those were the big six during that time so and they were doing a lot of sit-ins and you got you got to speak about the freedom riders of 61 the freedom riders seven blacks and six white activists mounted a greyhound bus in washington dc embarking on a bus tour of american south to protest segregated bus terminals and those people went through a lot of stuff out there with that uh, the government had to send troops and stuff down there to protect some of these people because some. Uh, uh, some of those white people down there, they were um, they were against that, you know. So they went through a lot of stuff to try to make that happen. And it did happen, so it did happen. Swing around to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. By this time, Kennedy is assassinated. 
Kennedy got assassinated in 63. And that was a part of his agenda um, to put this civil rights act in place. But when he got assassinated, Lyndon B. Johnson sort of picked up on that and he sort of finished that out for Kennedy, even though that wasn't his original thing, you know. Um, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act of 1964 legislation initiated by President John F. Kennedy before his assassination into law on July 2nd of that year. So, and you had your bloody Sunday. That's the incident that happened down there at the Edmund Pettus Bridge down in Selma. Um, they went through a lot of stuff to make that happen. It's actually a movie out there. I think Oprah Winfrey produced that movie. Then they brought the Voting Rights Act of 1965. So that's another law they put in place uh, to charge people that try to get that people that's trying to stop people from voting. And then, you know, um, King got assassinated in 68, but Malcolm X was assassinated in 1965, and he was assassinated about by, by members of the Nation of Islam. It's actually an interesting documentary on Netflix about Malcolm X, you know, when they actually named the guy that actually killed Malcolm X because a lot of those bullets didn't actually kill him. It was the shotgun blast that actually killed Malcolm X. So, and they were some... Elijah Muhammad enthusiasts, you know, these people went on and did and murdered this man and did all his time in prison. And two of those guys actually didn't do the shooting, but they just took his life away. So, you know, it was a lot of um, conspiracy surrounding that when they knew who actually pulled the trigger. And those two guys who did that prison time, they didn't do it. Even the guy, that third guy who, who they actually caught at the scene, he told them that he didn't do it. They told him he didn't do it. He, he, he came out and said these guys did not do it. And he actually named the people that actually did it. So um, this guy that actually shot and killed Malcolm X, he's actually in a video with Booker. He was one of those guys that was running for president. And he's actually in that video shaking hands with this guy, the guy that assassinated Malcolm X. He never did prison time at all, so... You know, it's interesting. You should go check out that documentary on Netflix. So King got assassinated in, in 1968 and uh, the Black Panther started kicking up around 1966. So the civil rights movement was basically burning out and King had already accomplished what he already set out to do. So he's tried to kick up the poor man's campaign. So and that's when he got assassinated. So but the movement itself basically was dying out after King died. So the Black Panthers, they took on a whole nother movement. But like I said, I'm going to talk more about them in that Black Power episode. And that's in part two. So there's a lot of interesting things that went on with this stuff. So uh, it's a part of our history. It's, a part, it's still a part of our conversation. And... You know, it's all facts. You all can go back and look this stuff up. It's the CG Podcast Show. Tell a friend.